Blog Talk Radio. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. And I am the light within your soul In the essence of truth and right Love makes the circle whole And here we stand in line Waiting for some sacred sign But to find the balance is the purpose of this time to restore the balance of the universal mind And in the presence of my Lord of light and love Everything I see aspiring to be free And when I call to thee And come on bending knee Surrender to the all-pervading light and love Reflections of the one surrounding me with love And I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence Within and without, above and below, yeah. East, west, north, and south, I sense your presence. Without and within, below and above, yeah, yeah. East, west, north, and south, I sense your presence. I sense your presence. Of 
Or to find the balance is the purpose of this time To restore the balance of the universal mind And I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence
And uh, for those that are wondering, why am I closing down the show after this much time? And a lot of it has to do with changes that are happening in my life. There's some incredible things that are going on, and it's going to put me in a position where I cannot make a week-to-week commitment. Um, I'm going to find my place in rural areas, but doing some research in relation to the codes and our ancient ancestry and history and um, the power of various points and places around the world. And um, it's going to put me in a position I just can't make that commitment. (laughs) But I am going to bring some exciting stuff to you from time to time anyway. Now, during this show, what I do is look at living a more compassionate life by aligning with your personal life codes. And I do or have had many guests on the show that have been incredible. Next week will be the last guest that I'll be having on the show, and that will be Liz Tobin, and she's going to be talking about relationship resonance. So that's going to be a great show for you to catch. And it gives you a chance when I have guests on the show that you get a chance to learn about their work and what other things may be an option for your code energy. I also have highlighted many different musical artists along the way, and I'll be featuring some of those on my last show here coming up in a few weeks. Um, And usually I've done that at the turning points of the year. And coming up in a few weeks, of course, is our autumn equinox time. So it's a perfect way to make this shift. And I'll be talking more about that on on this show, um, on the last show as well when, when we get there. Now, what I do is delve into a variety of different topics and tools and resources and thoughts And this gives you a chance for some personal exploration, some universal insights. It gives you a chance to expand your perception on how life and the world works. And, man, we've been delving into some big stuff that have expanded (laughs) that over the last few weeks in particular. What I do is I'm a coding interpreter, and I interpret a person's life codes to allow them to live a life that's filled with compassion. And I look at their sort of individual blueprint in this incarnation and how their energy flows and vibrates in the world. And and I look at the truth in anything that's happening with codes. I can take anything, be it a point in time or a situation or relationship or health or anything, gemstones and crystals and planets and whatever it is, I can take a look and I can see what the true energy is through the coding work that I do. So Um, It's really, really exciting, and then it's about teaching people how to align with that energy so they can open up their own divine portal in the world, if you want to say that. I've also created the Genesis Statement, and that's available to experience where other people have interviewed me, and you can find that under my media tab on my website. And then there's four books that I've authored, You, Me, Life, Dreams, and its companion workbook which is all about finding the perfect relationship and how to hold on to that and to keep it alive in your life, and also Activating Compassion and its Companion Workbook, which are the first two books that I put out. And then I'm also a collaborator on the international bestseller um, Embraced by the Divine Blue Emerging Women's Gateway to Power, Passion, and Purpose, which is really, really cool. Um, Lots of women's anthologies, facing the dark night of the soul, experiences with angels, all kinds of cool, incredible stories in that book. So that's exciting. And then I've also created the True North Tour, which is a multi-state nationwide tour, including workshops, retreats, seminars, book signings, and all kinds of various events. And I'm looking forward to bringing more of those out because I have been settled way too long (laughs) 
in one place, and I'm so ready to be on the road sharing the work again. And I'm working on the shifts and the changes that's going to make that happen right now. So um, bear with me as I uh, continue to bring things out in the future. And I'm, I've got some huge portals opening for me. Uh, my name is legally changed to Jesse on uh, as of Tuesday. So I have that going on, which is going to open up incredible new uh, wonderful energy dynamics for me and um, and make life a little more flowing, <laughs> let's say, because name changes always shift our energy vibration. And, uh, and then I'm also looking at some other aspects of shifts and changes that are coming up. And uh, hopefully I'll have some more information on those in another month or so. So like I said, you'll want to follow me through my pages on Facebook. That's a great way. Or sign up for my newsletter. You can do that too. And uh, I think I did mention all of my work there. You can follow it and find out what's going on through my website, CompassionCodes.com. And I also want to mention I really appreciate all of those that share my shows here because when you do, you are changing lives. And I know you don't always get to get that feedback that that's happened for you, but I have had that feedback from people where somebody has shared a show and somebody came back to me and said, oh, my gosh, I, I so glad that I caught the show. I'm so glad that this person shared this um, information because I wasn't going to live another day until I listened to your show. And so it's amazing. We oftentimes don't know what somebody's going through and what's going to help them. And so just by clicking that share button, you could literally save a life. Or you might just give somebody a piece of information they've been looking for. Um, by allowing them to, to come into the show and they can use the same link that you use to get into the live show to come in and listen to it in the archives. In addition, that does go up under the Main Street Universe listing as a podcast on iTunes and TuneIn.com. It will also be on my YouTube channel. So whatever their preferences for listening in, they've got an option for it. Now, those that have listened to the show before, you know that each week I flip the page on a book called The 72 Names of God by Yehuda Berg. And I love how it always applies. <laughs> it always applies, no matter what, to my guest or my message for the week or what we're talking about. And this week is definitely no exception to that. And I'm going to make mention of that because it absolutely connects in with some of the things um, that we're talking about in relation to the candidates today. Now, the word of God or the common name of God that we have from Yehuda this week is freedom. Yeah, that's a really big one when we're talking about politics, right? So freedom. And the initial message that he gives on this is, as we begin to transform our lives and experience true fulfillment, we are tested again and again. Each test of our ego injects doubt. And the optimism and excitement we felt at that start of our journey vanishes. We start to complain. The ego is back. And you know, it's very interesting. I do want to clarify a little point here um, on this part of the message because it is not the divine, it is not God that is testing us. It is us that's testing us. It's our ego that's testing us. It is our fears and our anxieties that create these tests and these tribulations for us. So I wanted to bring that in there. And when we step back, and just simply ask and say, please hold me in divine light, uh, you know, we can clear out a lot of these, you know, 
tough spaces, the spaces where the, the energy and the excitement fades, we can get it back through that. Now, the insight that Yehuda goes on to provide is, as slaves and the children of slaves, the people of Israel were in bondage for, in Egypt for 400 years. Then came Moses, sent by the Creator. He won freedom for his people. Then he led them on a long and arduous journey, including that famous passage through the Red Sea. And eventually they reached Mount Sinai, where they had a date with destiny. Now, strangely, however, the Israelites began complaining as soon as they escaped from bondage. They even begged Moses to lead them back into Egypt. How could this be possible? Was the journey through the desert worse than 400 years of slavery? Kabbalah offers a startling explanation for this. The entire story is a code. It is a veiled narrative of individual spiritual transformation. Let's decipher the code. Refers to the human ego, the oldest slave master in history. Any aspect of our nature that controls us is Egypt. Egypt also denotes the seductive trappings of the material world. The moment our spiritual path becomes challenging or uncomfortable for the ego, we long to return to our own personal Egypt, that is, to the lower level of being that we've grown used to. The path to transformation requires self-knowledge and personal accountability. It's not easy. We're constantly tempted to turn back. Escaping from spiritual bondage means liberation from the enslavement of our own formal, former selves. And this is really huge because there are so many ways in the material world that we are in slavery. And this is not connected to race or even belief or religion. And presidential candidates, as we're talking about today, have a big part of whether we end up in slavery as a country or not. They have a big part as to how much freedom we have. And in America, we live in this illusion that we have so much freedom, but we're not. We, we don't necessarily. And every day, if we look at what we're enslaved to, whether that is to a person, to an alcohol, to a drug, to a job, to you know, earning a certain amount of money, to um, what is literally becoming a literal slave encampment in this country, and so it's very important for us to check this because when we start to get out of this situation, and, and it's amazing, as Yehuda has said in here, how often people get their freedom. They, they can come clean or they can uh, let go of their addictions or they can step out of their ego and do something through compassion. But then sometimes it becomes hard for them. And that's where the ego is testing us. But if we realize that those challenges mean that we just have to connect stronger with the light, we just have to take that next step and say, I mean, I've had many days that I've said, just keep me connected, just keep me connected, just keep me connected, and repeated that in my head just to pull out of those ego depression spaces. And we know if we're sitting in depression mode, we're sitting in anger, we're sitting in frustration, we have a disconnect going on. And that is a sign that we need to reconnect, no matter how much we've been trying. 
and, and it can be of the simplest of things. Now, the meditation that Yehuda goes on to provide here is you perceive the balance and harmony that fills all creation, especially in the hardships, challenges, and tests that you must face throughout life. With the power of this name, you arouse strength to pass all of those tests, to rise to a higher level of being, and to gain the joy and fulfillment that accompanies true spiritual transformation. You unlock the chains of ego and achieve freedom. And I have to say, once you've truly achieved freedom, there's nothing in this material world that matches freedom and choice. And these are things that we cannot sacrifice and we we do not want to bring people into office who are going to try to take those things away from us. Um, And I'm going to be talking about some more of those aspects. Now, again, the common name of God we're dealing with, this formal name, is Mem Sadiq Rush. The formal name is Mem Sadiq Rush. That is actually, if you go to my media tab, the code connection, uh, insights and messages for the week, you're going to find that there, and you can go back and reflect on it throughout the week. That's what I do. I love to go back and touch base with it and go, hmm, what's been happening this week that connects with this? And it's amazing how much comes about when we just stop to give things a little bit of thought. Now, what I want to do next here is to move into getting your mind thinking in the direction of our topic today and to get your mind pondering a little bit before we go on break and delve into the meat of the the subject today. How much power do you think you have when casting your vote at elections? And do you feel like your vote really makes a difference? What is your vote really saying when you cast it? Now, certainly we could go into all kinds of speculations as to how legit elections are. Many feel that their vote doesn't make any difference at all because the elite will do whatever they feel like anyway. Recent elections have showed how fixed they are. And when they don't like the results, they simply just, oh, recount until they get the answer they want. Like a child that doesn't accept no for an answer and keeps asking until the parent changes their mind and says yes. However, I feel that casting a vote is not simply about the outcome. As I started sharing some of my code insights over the last week or so on the current candidates, it was amazing to me how many people didn't know there were any options outside of the two primary parties of Democrats and Republicans. Of course, This should not be surprising at all because these are the only two that get any real media time and that are presented in the papers, and why would that be? One thing that I have learned is that both of these parties are walking on the same side of the fence, and we live only under an illusion that they are operating with different values. Both main parties are ruled by the elite. We can use the example of a mirror's reflection. They actually are exactly the same but appear different. One raises the left, and at the same time, in the same way, the other raises the right hand. This leaves us to live under the illusion that they are different because we are looking at left and right hands instead of seeing that they are exactly the same. When it comes to politics, we could unravel almost limitless illusions and distortions that are similar to this. And by keeping only the two parties in the news, Then it creates division, separation, and competition. 
it gives us the illusion that there is only one right or wrong, one or the other, and either causes us to forfeit our power. In reality, things are not that black and white, and this year's elections give us new realms to consider. Whether we are casting our votes or choosing what to eat or deciding on most anything in life, what we are really doing is aligning our energy to that vibration. In politics, we are not aligning simply to the person running, but the party's agendas, the elite's agendas, and the businesses that support and fund these people. The layers of this election bring in so much more for us to consider because there is also at plate, say, a vie for control more so than normal. And it brings in the aspects of a masculine and feminine energy dominance. Ironically, voting for either party, masculine energy and power, and tosses the feminine energy principle to the side. By putting up a female candidate, the hope is that we will buy into the illusion that we are supporting feminine energy. However, a feminine package does not necessarily mean feminine energy coming forward. In this election, there are two other parties that have acquired enough states to be able to win the election. This is the Libertarian Party and the Green Party. The Libertarian Party being the great threat in many ways, and yet perhaps one of the strongest energy patterns in the elective choices. Here we have a team that has learned to balance and harmonize parties and to step out of the games of politics and elite control in many ways. What a concept that is. And in this election, we are being given the option to choose differently and not have to take sides in a long-running battle. Either of the main parties represent control, power, and keeping the average person tightly in a box. In this election, voting outside of the party not only aligns us with energy patterns of harmony, but also those of peace and loving vibrations a choice that becomes of global importance. It is also about exercising our independence and stepping out of the prison cells that the elite and others in control have kept us in. Certainly, there are always going to be those that conform to and obey the orders dictated to them, which is exactly where we are headed with either main party. However, if we are truly to herald in freedom, and spiritual alignment and a raising of the vibration on this planet, then it is time for us to stop being robots, which is another thing we support with either party, the extinction of humans and the turning over of power to machines, and to say no to both parties. The elite and those in control are watching to see how we will respond. In order for someone to maintain control, they have to adapt to the needs, desires, and wants of those that they are trying to control. It then becomes up to us to stand firm in saying that party, division, competition, and separation is not what we want. It is important for us to say what we want is peace, transparency, choice, and freedom. And to say through our choices and responding, and I do mean responding and not reacting, that we won't go down this road with you anymore. In a sense, you could call this a conscious revolution. Abusers can only be abusers as long as the abused 
is willing to stay in their sphere. Those in power can only remain in power as long as we support them in being in those positions of power. Your vote may not always make a difference in the outcome, but in reality, it is not so much about the outcome as the statement that is being made. The statements that we will not be controlled, that we will not engage in competition and division, that we will not give up our true freedom given to us by the divine, and that we are not going to live in fear and domination, that we are going to support a more peaceful and loving world, that we want a balance and harmony of the masculine and feminine, not domination of one over the other. The importance of saying no is as important as saying yes. And it is time for us to say no to perpetuating past patterns and yes to creating a world that we can live in. With each choice you make in life, you set forth a vibrational frequency. And even when the material world doesn't show you that exact result immediately, the bigger picture of the divine essence does start to reflect it back. And with each choice in life, make it a choice that aligns with a vibrational frequency that supports divine presence and stops enabling the patterns of that which seeks only to control, dominate, and eliminate what does not submit fully to its master-slave pattern. What are you aligning with? And do you realize that your choices set vibrational waves in motion for a different world, even if they are not shown in immediate results, which you are choosing to support and or say no to? What is that for you? This is a really big one this week, absolutely big. Now, the code energy for this week is all about realizing true priorities. This is a week about learning our lessons on a spiritual level. And things may be delayed in our lives until we gain the awareness needed to move forward. Instead of getting frustrated, ask for guidance and insight into what you need to learn. This week is a time that is not about money or the material world, but about internal processes that we need to acknowledge. Take the time to get still and journal or do some reflective work. Look at your feelings and emotions. Then delve into the underlying triggers that are keeping you locked into old patterns and reactions. Ask yourself, what would you like to create in your life? And follow that with asking what response, action, will allow you to create that. The big thing. Now, those insights, just like Yehuda's message for the week, is on my website, CompassionCodes.com. Just go right to the media tab, the code connection, insights and messages, and you'll find both of them there, where you can go back and reflect on them throughout the week. I'm going to take a short break, and when we return, I will be looking at the codes of our political parties, presidential candidates, and how that interacts with their vice president choices and where their energy currents will be on Election Day. The song I've got for you during our break is called Do You Ever Wonder? Quite appropriate that one came up this week. (laughs) It's by Claire Hedin, and you can find out all about Claire's work, her music, and the incredible things that she does at her website, 
clarekadeen.com. That's C-L-A-R-E-H-E-D-I-N.com. And we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Welcome back. You are listening to The Code Connection, and my name is Jesse on Nichols-George, and I'm your hostess today, and you were just listening to a song by Claire Hedin. It's called Do You Ever Wonder, and Claire is an amazing, amazing, wonderful person. I mean, I know I say that, but having had the opportunity to meet her in person and spend a little time with her, um, it was just incredible and she's such a beautiful caring loving soul and if you get a chance to do any work with her i know it's going to be 
spectacular. Definitely check out what she's got going on or just pick up some of her music, if nothing else. <laughs> you can do that at her website, clarehedin.com. It's C-L-A-R-E-H-E-D-I-N.com. And I bet you're ready to get into this juicy topic today and to see what I've got for you in the way of codes. Now, just to let people know, the way codes work, I blend over 50 different modalities when I'm working with codes. And yes, there's a little piece of numerology to it, but I also um, look at Norse patterns that are involved with it. I bring intuitive factors involved with it. Um, and, and the tools that I use, none of them are used in traditional ways. So I don't use a traditional um, numerology um, format when I'm working with things. I've actually shifted it all and do it my own way. <laughs> because as much as I appreciate the tools in their, their original form, um, for me, I needed to make adjustments for it to come into um, a place that I was feeling I don't know, just that resonated better, that, that brought more accurate information into me. So it actually, through codes, I can look at the truth of anything in the world, whether that is a person, whether that is a place, whether that is a situation. Um, it, literally, I can look at anything. And oftentimes, I launch, uh, use names as a launching point. And then, like I said, I blend in 50 different modalities into what I'm doing to pull together the information and the insights that I get. Now, we've got a heck of a lesson. And if you missed my first show uh, that I did about the candidates, you can catch that through my archive uh, shows on my website or go into, um, into YouTube. There are archives there as well. Uh, so that, that's an option for you or here on Main Street Universe through Blog Talk. Um, it was a while back, it was a few months ago, definitely. It might have even been the end of last year. <laughs> I can't remember exactly how long it's been. But I did an aspect on the different candidates. And I know there's people out there that's going, wait, wait, wait a second. Back then, you were talking up Ben Carson. And Ben is so far out of the race. <laughs> He's not in the race anymore. And I want to make a comment on that because if People remember when I listened, when I did that original show, I was giving the potential of what we could see happen based on whoever might be elected. And one of the things I said about Ben Carson was he will be the best or the worst we have ever had if he was to get elected. And what happened in the irony of things is that Ben Carson um, actually totally doesn't remember running for president, even though he's been shown clips. And if you haven't caught the last few weeks, you might want to go back and catch them where I talked about hidden agendas in movies and television and the programming that we go through. And what we experience with Ben Carson is actually an aspect of memory erasure. Uh, this is an aspect that, that happens many times. The elite have a sort of team, if you want to say that the government has a team of what we call time-traveling specialists that can leap around in times and actually adjust the outcome in something, what somebody remembers, influence different things. And they like to play around in these fields. So it doesn't actually surprise me. It actually reinforced to me that indeed he would have probably been 
one of the best presidents we've ever seen or the best presidents we ever saw um, in things. And I bring that up because I know there were a lot of questions about, you know, what happened to him. And this is just one of the common games that they play in the process of things. Basically, Ben Carson was not willing to bend to the mind control tactics that were being played on him. Uh, the other possibility that we see in there is that he, which he mentioned, was some sort of a clone. And we can see that either way because they're very good at having created a robotic clone or um, illusion or, or, or mastering. And we see this all the time. What you think you're seeing on TV is not necessarily what you're seeing, right? We um, we watch a show like Survivor and we think, oh, my gosh, they're out on this torturous island doing all of these things. Well, they're doing some of those things, but you know what? A lot of those shows, they're going right back to a hotel room at night and the dirt and the makeup and the different ways that they're looking is all makeup. It's all an illusion. It's, it's not real. <laughs> and so there are some various pieces like that. And, and so his bringing that up, you know, actually affirms that indeed they're playing these games out there. So I just wanted to touch on that a little bit. Um, for those who are wondering what happened with what you were saying, um, certainly he, he was a big choice of mine in the sense of what could be done for this country. Um, and, the, you know, and now we're being presented with some other things. And as I mentioned in the initial reading of things, I mentioned that there's so many people that don't even realize we have two candidates who actually have enough states that they could win the election. And this is a very interesting thing because we seriously have a chance for the first time. I mean, Ross Perot gave things a good run a few years back uh, when he, he was running for elections, gave the parties a good scare and things, and, and I think that was good. Um, and, and now we've got a couple of other parties on the ticket, and I want people to be aware that you do not have to vote party. We have been separated from children. As children, how many of you were sitting in a history class or a government class in school, and they started talking about this, and all of a sudden you had to take a political party and you had to vote and you had to be separated. And, man, if your friends were Democrats and you were a Republican, you couldn't hang out with them hardly anymore. <laughs> and all kinds of crazy things, and vice versa. You know, they work the other way around, and all the teachers have their opinions. And then if you went to work for a company, they had their opinion of what you should be voting and which party you should be for. And, and we see this throughout the businesses. You know, the businesses color code, and those are the ones that are supporting each party. You know, ones with heavy red and their logos, you know, are supporting one party, and those with heavy blue are supporting the other party. And we just forget that they're all on the same side of the fence. And I think that's the big thing is that, you know, there, it's, it's an, there's so much illusion here of this separation. And it's part of how the elite keep us pitted against each other. It's part of how they control each other. So I'm very excited that we, we do have these other parties on the table this year that could actually win and that actually do have a potential there in that. So, Moving on with things, since I did that last show, um, certainly everybody's got their vice presidents, and they were a little bit late, I think, in announcing them. 
and and as I mentioned, boy, it was going to be an ugly mudslinging, you know, election this year, and and uh, you know that it has been. You know, we have seen some of the nastiest stuff come out this year in election history, and no more about hey, let's just present the sides. <laughs> let's you know, let's really get all out ridiculous, and and some of the things we've seen in this you know, political race so far have been just absurd. You know, people making all kinds of comments that they can't possibly follow through on, that they're not even serious about. And they're so blatantly absurd, and yet people are still believing them, which is, is amazing. You know, there's there's no way that borders are going to be 100% shut down or things like that. So these are some of these absurd things. And and looking at the candidates, they're so, they're, you know, if we look at just the primary parties, they're so absurdly in these crazy realms that, you know, there were years ago, we've, we've impeached presidents for far less than what our, our party candidates come to the table with. So let's talk about the parties a little bit. Let's take a look. And if we look at the code energy of the individual parties, now, the Democratic Party, what we find there is the energy codes share with us that it is all about power and domination. Their big thing is they want control. They want to control people. They want to control everything. And it's kind of ironic when you look at that because they oftentimes present themselves as a more laid-back party and not as uptight as the Republicans, right? But in reality, they are nasty at wanting that power and domination factor in there. And they will do almost anything to do to get it. We have seen this with Obama. We have seen this with Hillary. We have seen them lay the party power plays down and to just, you know, look at what's been done and just override things with no rhyme or reason and to just feel like they can, you know, bulldoze over people. These, you know, people that are in the power and the domination they're no different than the bullies back in grade school or high school. They're no different than them in that sense. The Republican Party, what we find there is they operate under the code of revolution. So the Republican Party likes to stir all kinds of things up. And boy, we've been seeing that. We've been seeing it. We saw that with the Bushes. We saw that, you know, with with uh, Trump running this year, and, and it's a very revolutionary energy, which means they're going to shake things up, they're going to turn it around, they're going to um, create a lot of chaos and a lot of upheaval and things. And this is the nature of the party. You know, this is, you know, the nature of, of the foundation that they are based on. So, you know, certainly anybody, if you just look at, the parties objectively, you can see that power play and that control factor in the Democratic Party. You can see the revolutionary energy that is about creating a people and strife and setting people up for failure. Neither one of these situations are necessarily good for our future, our futures as individuals, our futures as a country. Now, when we look at the Green Party, the Green Party energy current is about purpose and agenda. So that's an interesting piece there because 
we will often see that. The Green Party has also oftentimes been known as being a little bit on the radical side and that they're, they're always focused on this agenda that they have going on. Um, so it's interesting to see them up in the forefront this year with that. And then we've got the Libertarian Party. And what is the energy of the Libertarian Party about? Um, it's, it's very interesting because it is about providing assistance. It's about supporting and mentoring in a way. It's about assisting people to gain independence. How many of you knew that about them? So this is very interesting when we look at the codes of the party. If we look at just what a party is about in general, and you know when we're talking about it, it's, it's strange accident and fatality, which means they're playing with our futures. They're playing with what they want to do. It is about defeating plans of some sort. And it is about oftentimes placing people in a victimized position. And that's why it becomes important when we add the other terms to the word party that we get these different dynamics and we can really see how some of those are going to take hold. And we can see that the Libertarian Party out of all of these is the one party that can defeat the plans of those that try to remove our freedom. They're the one party that we get that interesting twist that it's not about defeating the individual, but it's about defeating the control. That's very, very interesting. Now, as we move on and we take a look at who our candidates are, and we start with, say, the Democratic Party here, that's going to be Hillary, um, right? We've got Hillary Rodham Clinton on there, and we've got also um, her vice president, which is Tim Kaine, also a full name, Timothy Michael Kane. And there's some very interesting patterns with this. Now, Hillary uh, has um, an energy pattern. She has a very split personality, if you want to say that. And people are like, yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> but Hillary, from her birth energy, actually has a lot of success and a lot of strength and a lot of power. So is it any wonder that they've chosen her as probably, the, you know, basically the first female candidate to go up um, in this arena? And, you know, she's got a lot of success energy. She's got a lot of uh, codes that allow her to be successful in what she does. Now, if we look at her and her married energy, and those that listened to my show before, you can go back and get some of the more details on this. She, when she married Bill, she defeated her own energy, basically. She upset a lot of that success, and she stepped into all kinds of patterns of deception and lies and treachery, and boy, have we seen that come out in this election. Uh, you know, what happens with her and what is a very scary thing with her is that she is uncontrollable. She is uncontrollable. And this is a, 
this is a very, very scary thing because she brings in the energy of deception and treachery and trials and danger. We've got enough of that in the world. We don't need that accentuated in a president, in my opinion. You know, I'm not here to tell you who to vote. I'm just going to share the information, and you'll have to make your own decision. With Hillary, what we get is we get somebody who can be all-powerful. You know, she has a very strong mind in many ways. And I have a show, by the way, I want to mention, too, that I'm going to be on tomorrow. It's going to expand on some of the health issues that Hillary is dealing with. And this will be on the best years um, in life. It's with Luella May. It's going to be at 3 p.m. Central Time here on Blog Talk Radio. And I'm going to talk more about those things because many people think, yeah, I think her mind's kind of going. But what I'm talking about here is how her codes connect with the position of being president. So if she is elected as president, she is going to step into basically, there will be no stopping her basically. It will be a heavy power thing. And the thing that's scary about this is because as much as people want to say, we want a female president in office, as much as people want to say we want that feminine energy rule, Hillary does not come from the feminine energy dynamic pattern. She does not embrace the feminine energy. And so we're not going to get that feminine energy in rulership with her. Uh, She operates on a masculine energy pattern. And as a result of that, she is going to be very set on squashing a lot of men, which I know there's women there, but for a true feminine energy to step into power, it's not about squashing the masculine energy at all. And and that is a big thing that's in this race. We have, you know, the feminine versus the masculine, and, and right off you would think, oh, that's Hillary versus Trump, but it's not. It's Hillary and Trump versus the feminine energy. Either one of them that goes in will block our feminine energy that is meant to enter this world right now and that is in the process of taking rulership. They both have uh, a mindset to keep that from coming in as best as possible. Now, we also see with her in the position as president that she can be very successful. She is a person that, um, you know, can advance. She can you know, achieve victory, but again, we have to look at what she's achieving victory in and how she's doing it. Her method for achieving, first of all, her victory for her is about supreme power for her. It's not about caring about anybody in this world. It's about her own personal power and control over the masculine, control over men in particular, and it is about uh, doing that through deception and treachery. And do we really want somebody in her position operating on that? And people could say, well, you know, aren't all politicians that way? Yes and no. I mean, there's expense. I mean, to a certain extent, yeah, there's there's certain things, but no, not all of them are at it at this level that she's at. So this is a nasty, nasty combination in some ways uh, in there. Um, you know, personally, there is a jeopardization 
uh, for her, and and there will be question as to whether she could make it physically, mentally, um, to the next election. Now, you know, she's going to have a rough first four years, and then if she made it to a second election, if she was even elected the first time, then what we would see with her is we would see, yeah, a lot of things coming through, a lot of successes, probably a lot of victories coming through for her. You know, again, we have to look at what those successes actually end up being uh, in there. And the other thing with her is she does run on some assassination patterns. She does run on some danger patterns that put her life in jeopardy when we come into this president. Uh, position. So she has a huge, huge piece of this that is she's got a lot of her own agendas, a lot of ulterior motives, and she's got a lot of deeper purpose. And when you combine that with her Scorpio energy, what we're going to see coming out of her is revenge, revenge, revenge. You know, her power is not about a true power. It's about revenge. It's about ulterior purposes that she has. And she has an absolute consumption with power and control. So this is like fully on steroids when we're talking about it. Blended up on feminine emotions. <laughs> it's out there. So, you know, the other thing that I see with here is there's a big jeopardy if she goes in presidency, whether her and Bill will stay alive. Because of the patterns that are operating in this situation, um, it's very likely there could be a strange accident that takes both of them out, wipes them out. And so really when we're looking at elections, whether it's Democratic Party or other parties, we in this election have to look very carefully at our vice president candidates because they're very likely to take over they're very likely to be the ones that step up into office because none of the presidential candidates really have super strong energy to hold being in office and not having something happen. Now, when we look at how Hillary will be in Washington, D.C., and the White House again, we get um, this huge power thing that's running, and we get an energy pattern that basically wipes out all ethics, all spiritual um, sense, all uh, sense of any kind of integrity or ethics. So this is what we call the material-spiritual balance or conflict pattern. And this, this pattern that she steps into, she just becomes all consumed with material aspects of life. There is no conscience once she steps into that. So, um, you know, this is almost like the person who trances in and kills people and, you know, there's no remorse, no regret, no, no conscience about what they've done, no caring about what they've done. And that's, that's what we get with Hillary. Uh, it's a very, very scary set of patterns, in my opinion. Now, when we look at uh, Tim as her vice president, what we see is that he's a person that 
yes, he does have that potential to command nations. He does have that potential to be good. However, he has a bad habit of listening to others, and he's ruined by other people's stupidity. He doesn't, he doesn't surround himself with the best people, and they make choices that compromise his ability to do things. Um, he is another person that will be you know, consumed more with money, uh, very materially based in the vice president's position. And what we see with him is we see a lot of poor decisions because he would be relying on other people's um, assets. I see an unfavorable partnership here. And he steps into the unfavorable partnership, which means we're going to have a president and a vice president who don't even end up getting along in the long run. You know, they don't, they don't blend, they don't mesh. Uh, they're on a pattern of bad speculation. So what we could expect from this team is a, a huge laundry list of bad decisions. We can see a lot of conflict between the two of them a lot of deception and games going on between them because this particularly hits with the opposite sex, a lot of grief going on. Um, you know, this is one of those things that, you know, Hillary will probably try to get rid of Tim. Tim will probably try to get rid of Hillary. You know, it's going to be a nasty <laughs> battle. They are not a united front by any means, not at all. Now, if you know, if he was to step in as president, that bad speculation energy, that poor decision-making energy, that, that aspect is all magnified with him. It's all magnified. And, and he, on his own, already carries an energy pattern of strange accidents and fatalities. So chances are, you know, he's putting himself in a very risky position in even going into this position at all. It's a very risky position. Um, now, granted, they do have a little bit of success energy together, but here again, it's very split with Hillary and Tim. One set of their energy is just a disaster zone. The partnership is a total disaster. And on the other one, they can still achieve some success. So it's, it's going to be a very hot and cold dynamic. Um, with things going on, they'd be bouncing all around the place. You know, one day they'll have victory, and the next day the whole world will be falling apart because of some decision they made. In Washington, D.C., he too will be under this material-spiritual conflict pattern. So now you'd have two people in the White House or in the D.C. area that run on this pattern, which means he will too take on a lot of payoff, a lot of... Um, sacrificing ethics and values and things like that and, you know, a lot of conflict. Otherwise, he's going to get a big awakening there and he'll pull out of the position because he's, he will be in that conflict. Now, when we're in conflict, what happens? We lose our ability for clear thinking. We lose our ability to understand what's happening. We lose our ability to see things for what they really are. On election day, what do we have? here. This is going to be really, really interesting because we see a few different things going on on election day with Tim and Hillary. Now, both of them on election day have bad speculation, unfavorable outcomes, and 
unfavorable partnership energy going on. So that is a really tough thing to be going into election with, which tells me they're not going to be united on election day. They're not going to be supportive of each other. They're not going to be working as a team with each other. The interesting twist in this is that Hillary has been promised this position. So basically, if there was a rigging of the election to be done, it would be for her to have it. Uh, Very, very interesting piece there. And so on one hand, she's been promised, but the conflict between her and Tim uh, is going to upheave a lot of things. And because there are these bad speculation energy that's there, because there are these unfavorable partnership um, energy that's going on, that may not happen. Whether she's been promised it or not, it may not happen. And we have to remember, too, she operates in this deception realm. So she may have been promised this, but that doesn't mean that she's going to get it from what I see. She is you know, there could be a whole turning of events. And she may very well have been lied to. She may very well have been deceived in this process and being led to believe that she has this completely uh, uh, as a done deal. And because she's got this vice president that brings in additional conflicting energy, nothing, you know, it offsets so much of the power-based energy that they have. Even though that power energy is very, very strong, their power will constantly be getting sabotaged. Their their power will constantly be undermined. And that's not exactly what you want in somebody that's got to interact with world leaders. We've already seen that. Hillary's been thrown under the bus more than once because people told her, oh, you're going to be fine, you know, everything's okay, we got you covered, and then, bam, under the bus she goes. And next thing you know, she's the scapegoat for what they've got going on. And this is the way things work, and we would see this over and over again. So we could only expect one dramatic thing after another with her, one unearthing of an ethics after another with her in there. Um, so it's a very big, big piece in there. Um, you know, again, when we look at this Tim-Hillary combination, there is a an aspect of mental superiority there. There is an aspect of... Uh, promise of command, there is an aspect of carrying out their own plans. And this is the other scary part. Hillary has in her mind that when she is president, that she will be able to have so much power that she won't need to listen to the elite. And that is part of what's going to trigger issues for her. And we've already seen this in the various health things that she's gone through that they're already controlling things. You'll notice, if anybody noticed after she came out of the, the operation, like the brain operation that she had going on from the clot that was there, from the stroke that she had, if you go back and, and look at my, my shows the last couple of weeks, most likely those things were all triggered you know, by programs and control. And you'll notice that after she came out of that brain surgery, she was very robotic. And this is not the normal type of, I'm not talking about the normal type of robotic type energy that we would see after somebody has a stroke. It was just literally glazed over. It was literally 
you know, not being there. And so I'm going to get more into that on the Wella show (laughs) because I know the Wella wants to get into that. So I want to save that. On election day, when we see their energy come together on election day and then Hillary, we find that they get isolated off. We see financial loss energy patterns. We see them wrecked by other stupidity. Now, they still have a command nation's energy, so, yes, it's still possible that they could come through on this, but we also see this energy pattern of wrecked by other stupidity. So even if she's been promised it, it may not come through because somebody's likely to do something that could blow it first. Somebody might blow something that stops it there, and that's not out of the question in this race. So let's move on to our Republican candidates, right? We've got dear old Donald Trump in our Republican candidates, Donald John Trump, and he's chosen for his uh, VP candidate, Mike Pence, also known as Michael Richard Pence in things. Now, Donald, this is very interesting because we see all these power combinations come up in these different, you know, in these different ways of things. And you know, Tim and Hillary are very close in age. They're, you know, very close and aligned in certain ways in some of their energy patterns. And then you've got Donald and Mike who actually run on the same vibrational energy pattern and they're both Geminis. (laughs) So, you know, if we're looking at that, if you want to talk about, um, you know, if you want to talk about schizophrenia, never knowing what to expect, (laughs) a big wild circus, this is probably going to be the team. You know, uh, it's, they too bring in a power, power aspect, but let's take a look at this. And I said this back when I did the original thing, when I looked at Donald's energy, a lot of his aspects as president is he will bankrupt this country. Yeah, we don't like to think that, look at how successful he is with his businesses, but his energy vibrations will shift when he steps into presidency. So if we look at the base energy that we're dealing with, not so bad, right? Donald and Mike both bring in this energy of advancement, of honors, of success, of victory, you know, being able to see through various tests along the way. And they probably could pass any test. You know, let's look at how resilient Donald has been just in vying for the presidential candidacy along the way. And so when we look at that piece, yeah, that's, that's great as an individual. But then when we take that and we put that into his energy pattern as it combines with the president, what we find, again, same with Hillary, is we find this lack of responsibility, or I should say more like her vice president, candidate even more than Hillary, actually, we see this pattern of unfavorable partnerships. We see this speculation energy, and it throws him into a position of having to operate incredibly responsibly. Well, if anybody has ever watched Donald Trump, they know he doesn't work responsibly. He works by doing what he wants, and he's a businessman, and he works by speculation. And when you work by speculation, when you are on a responsibility pattern code, 
you're going to bankrupt everything. That's the result. You can't operate in speculation. And now, once he steps into to a president position, now he's very used to making partnerships and making connections in the business world. But it's different when he takes on the role of president. When he takes on the role of president, he loses his partnership energy as well. So that tells me he's not going to get along with people from other countries, regardless of the alliances he's building. And some of the alliances that he's been trying to build during the election race are really dangerous ones that are going to be like that turncoat, you know, that friend that stabbed you in the back. And that's exactly what he's setting up with the connections he's been building. They're going to stab him in the back. And they don't care. They're just looking for ends and ends and ends and getting what they want. And then they're just going to toss them away. It's going to be a very, very rude awakening, a huge learning curve for Donald should he make it into the presidency. What we also see with him is in the White House or in the Washington, D.C. Um, aspect there, uh, what he does have is he does bring in the aspect of being the mole energy. And that means there will be a lot of people who will disclose things to him before they even realize what they've disclosed. Um, you know, a lot of people are just going to up and share things. They're going to feel like they can talk with him. They're going to feel like he's on their side. And he can be pretty good at playing that. Uh, it's going to be a different role, but it's interesting because I sense this coming from a more personal level. Again, I feel like in the global affairs, he's really going to struggle. But on the personal level, I think there are going to be members and staff that will open up to him, and they're going to find him as a relatable person that we don't always see in the news or in the media uh, on an aspect. So they're going to see a whole different side of him then. And we, we might even get glimpses of that where he starts to, to open up and we see that more personal side of him uh, while he's living there. We'll also see an aspect there that, um, you know, his power will come from being quiet. <laughs> but I don't know if Donald can be quiet. <laughs> I don't know if he can do that at all. So we'll have to see. Uh, election day uh, is a big thing. Well, before we go into election day, uh, let's look at his vice president candidate, Mike Pence. When we look at Mike, they, he's got the same basic foundation as Donald. Therefore, his um, connection to uh, the White House is going to be the same. What we find with him is vice president is that he's going to be very good for partnerships. So he's probably going to be able to set off some of that thing. However, he, he's a person that's very lucky in things. He'll tend to come out okay, even from dangerous situations. Um, what we'll find with him, though, is we'll find financial losses. So here again, you've got somebody running on an energy pattern that will bankrupt the country, and then you have somebody running with him or working with him that is carrying a financial loss pattern. So all we have is bankruptcy, bankruptcy, bankruptcy. And this is, you know, this is where the elite strongly support Donald because, uh, you know, he will bankrupt things. But as I said way back when, the big risk with him is that he will bankrupt too fast, too soon. 
And especially with this vice presidency, the amount of financial lost energy uh, patterns that are running between them is, is huge. It's huge. Not to mention that Mike Pence, as vice president, will also carry the revolutionary energy, the upheaval, the strike, the failure energy with him. So this is not... <laughs> This is not a good pattern for people who are leading our country. I mean, this is, you know, we're going to be way under the Great Depression of things um, with this type of energy pattern that's coming together here. Now, if we look at Donald and Mike as a team, they are a team, as a team, will always receive assistance for other people, from other people, and they will be favored in many ways. They will have a favorable outcome. Amidst all this chaos, amidst all these upheaval and destructions and things like that, it will be a favorable outcome from it. They will come through it. Some people admire that aspect of resilience, but the favorable future is that for them, or is that for us as a country? And that's where we really have to look and say, yeah, well, a favorable future for Donald may not be a favorable future for me and for our collective country. So it's something for us to consider. Is it going to shake things up? You know, that revolutionary energy, and here's where some people want to call him the savior in things because they believe that he will be revolutionary with the elite. They believe that he will create upheaval and strife for the elite. We don't know exactly where his upheaval is going to go, and it could go any direction. <laughs> it could be for the elite. It could be against the elite. You know, it could be all kinds of directions. In general, it's probably going to hit everybody. He's going to provide upheaval for the elite. He's going to provide upheaval for the people. He's going to have a lot of turbulence going on. And what we do know from this type of energy is, of course, that paves the way to change, paves the way to things shifting and adjusting and transforming from what they are. And there's a sense that we need that, but do we need that on this type of level? Do we really need people rioting in the streets and things like that? And we've seen some little tidbits of that in the past. Um, so... You know, these are, these are some big things, but he will be a person that if he's in office with Mike Pence, that will bring the system crashing down. Now, should something happen to Donald and Mike Pence takes over as president, we're going to see him in the same pattern as Donald Trump, because remember, he runs on the same vibrational pattern. That means he will follow through on bankrupting the country. That means that he will struggle with partnerships. So what he has in his favor as vice president, he will not have in his favor as president for us. On election day, what are these two dealing with? These two have on election day the energy patterns for sudden advancement, for receiving favors, being supported by the military and leaders. And he also has an energy pattern. They both have an energy pattern of threatening their enemies and creating a lot of danger and are running on an assassination energy pattern that day. So this is where if you were to put 
Hillary and Donald and all these people together, <laughs> we could see this scenario of Hillary being promised something, Donald being given something, and then there being an assassination because of what Donald received. It's an interesting scenario, and I know they're already planning on stepping up his security and all of that for that particular day. But what we find on here is any assassination, attempt of assassination, danger, any of that that comes through, threats that are made to him and Mike on that day are coming through an energy pattern of deception and danger and unreliable friends. So that means somebody in his closer circle will be a leak. Somebody will let somebody through. Um, and what happens to him on election day is likely to be a very strong warning. You know, it may feel like more than a warning, but it'll be a very strong warning of what he's in for. So I think he's going to see some huge upheavals there. I think he's going to experience some pretty radical danger, and I think he's going to trigger some things and some people to open that revolutionary energy and try to take charge and try to exert their freedom, so to say. So that's a huge piece when we look at that. So you can see neither one of these are really sounding very favorable right now. Let's jump over to the Green Party. In the Green Party, we have Joe Stein running. We also have, as her vice president, Hashamu Barak. And I'll tell you, there's been some scary statements made by Ajanu, um, and, and they really play into what I see in his code, um, because he, he's mentioned that Obama has been way too lenient and operating way too much as a white person than a black person. And right there, that tells me he's looking to bring in conflict. He's looking to pit races against each other. And that, that's never something that I will support this pitting of races against each other, this, this putting people at, at odds with each other. Now, when we look at the codes of Jill, Jill has some tough and challenging energy. She, like Hillary, same as Hillary, operates on this huge deception pattern, this huge pattern of lies, treachery, and things like that. So she's really, again, we're looking at another masculine energy dynamic here with her. We're looking at an, another person running on that vibrational energy. Uh, she is a person that has got some very stubborn energy in her and very persistent, and she tends not to listen to people, and she's going to do what she wants to do. Now, when we look at things, she too has that mole energy as president, same as Donald Trump. Uh, where a lot of people will probably open up to her and, and share with her and things like that. Um, what we see with her, though, is that she's also not very grounded. She does have some spiritual energy to her. Uh, she doesn't function well with the way this world functions. That's a little bit risky when you're going out for president if you don't function the way this world functions. Now, there's a certain asset to that that we can say, yay, finally... <laughs> somebody who isn't in the material realm, but it's also a dangerous thing. What it tells me is that she's a big procrastinator and that uh, her putting things off can 
put us on the edge of risk constantly, um, not to the point of major losses and other dangerous things like we have with our two-party candidates. Uh, we do see with her, though, as president, um, that there will be some happiness that will open up, that there will be some success, that she will earn some accolades in this position. Again, we have to question one. Anytime we're dealing with politics, uh, you know, we have to question where are those accolades coming from? Are they coming from the elites because of something she's put through for them? Or what? As the moles, uh, that's a very dangerous position because people don't like it when you're playing two sides of the fence and they find that out. Um, so it's a very risky, very dangerous position. And anytime we see the mole energy in a, a high-profile position like presidency, we see the possibility of some sort of assassination or danger uh, to their lives in there. Now, if we look at Jill's ability to be in the White House, her energy of being in the world but not of it is magnified. So I do view that as a positive thing. Um, you know, she will have help and protection from those in high places. So that tells me that she is actually probably much more aligned with the elite than what we realize. And, uh, you know, so she is probably definitely going to be putting through some of their agendas. Um, and this brings to us, you know, what we call the fool's paradise energy, which is leading yourself to believe, oh, everything's going to be okay. It's all going to be taken care of. But it's also... Very, um, it's also an aspect that she will only awaken in dangerous situations, which means she's going to place us, she's going to place the country, she's going to place herself into dangerous positions before she'll get with the program. Uh, it also brings warnings for the future as a result of this. So some very hit and miss energy, and, of course, somebody being that ungrounded, it's hard to say. You know, it's great that she can operate on faith, and yes, she usually pulls out of it, but, you know, this is a person that's going to leave us on our edge, leave us on a dangerous edge, not just an edge, maybe a ledge <laughs> with her energy patterns. Now, when we look at Jean-Lu as vice president, this is a place where we've really got to be careful because Jean-Lu as vice president has very strong revolutionary energy. Um, this tells me that he will bring up a lot of probably racial things, religious things. Uh, it looks, it tells me that he is going to constantly be vying to take Jill out of office. He's constantly going to be trying to override her, overrun her. Uh, he too operates uh, as vice president. His danger, his treachery, his manipulation factor is going to be. Um, strongly in play. We're going to see a lot of passive-aggressive energy coming out of him uh, with things. He is going to feel like he's being quieted, and that is not going to set well with that revolutionary energy pattern that he's going to be in. Uh, it, he, too, we see the bad speculation energy, the poor partnership energy uh, coming in here. And the other factor that we'll see in him is that he may want to try to play the domination role and to try to silence others from having a voice. So he, as a vice president, may try to dominate Joe and silence her out and run the show. 
And that's a little bit scary. If we see him step into the president position along the way, he definitely can, you know, command and rule things and and do that, but he also will be sabotaged by other people most likely. Um, only if he's operating under his own accord, which he might, uh, you know, in this situation, he might uh, operate under that energy pattern because he has that revolutionary energy and revolutionary energy oftentimes doesn't listen to anybody else. So he might be okay in that situation. But what we also see in him is we see aspects when he's in D.C. and Washington, D.C., we see what we refer to as black magic energy pattern that comes out. This is uh, a person who he's a lot of smoke screen. He's, he'll be a good talker. He'll be dramatic. Um, we're going to see temper come out of him. Uh, you know, we're going to see a lot of rage come out of him uh, if he's in the White House. But he's also going to be very magnetic at the same time. And you know, this is this is like what we call. You know, somebody like a Richard Ramirez, the Hillside Strangler um, series of murderers, and he just has like a cult-type following. And that's what we could see with Ajamu, the cult-type following, that, you know, he could go out and just be slaughtering people, and people would just adore him. Uh, So this is kind of a dangerous energy pattern with him, and... I'm not as concerned with Jill, even though she does have some pieces that aren't great in there. Um, I'm not as concerned about her as I am Ajama, her, her vice president choice. Now, when we look at their combination of Jill and Ajamu, that black magic energy pattern, that very materialistic energy pattern, that uh, they're going to be magnetic as a pair, as a team. Uh, again, we'll probably see a lot of empty promises because when you combine a good talker with deception energy, you've got a lot of empty promises. You've got a lot of talk and no action going on. And I feel like that's what this team is about. It's a lot of talk and no action going on. When we look at the two of them on election day, on election day, Jill is carrying energy of advancement, honor, success, victory. Um, she's carrying support from opposite sides, uh, but she's also got the financial loss energy pattern, um, but she does have favorable partnerships. So she actually has some pretty strong codes running for herself on election day. When we look at Ajamu on election day, uh, he's got that revolutionary energy, the strife, the failure. So basically his energy, his personal energy pattern is offsetting any of the potential success that Jill has for that day. So they kind of cancel each other out and it puts them into a neutral zone, which when you're playing with the power forces that you've got between Hillary and Hem's team and Donald and Mike's team, pretty hard to, to match in with that. Uh, you know, ironically though, they each have, and I'll go through this in a little bit, they each have their places where they excel and it's, there's a lot of, equal power across the board when we look at all the teams. Now, as a team on election day, they've got the rise or fall. It's the wheel of fortune, and they're, they're playing a game of chance that day. Um, you know, 
They've got bigger purposes and bigger agendas that they haven't released yet. And that's, that's the piece that always makes me a little bit leery <laughs> is when there's bigger purposes and agendas because these are the people that won't necessarily be bought out, which is good, but they wouldn't necessarily be bought out by the elite. But given all their other energy, they've got plenty of elite support. Um, it, the question is, is what the bigger purpose and energy is. And I think that that comes through Ajamu. Uh, Ajamu has definitely got some bigger purposes and agendas, and they tend to be more on the racially based side. They tend to be um, some very radical energy there. And, uh, I, I, you know, he kind of reminds me of the person that, you know, has had all this pent-up anger and frustration in his life, and now he wants to take it out <laughs> on everybody. And he wants everybody to pay for what one person in his life did for him. Uh, that's the type of energy that I see with him. Okay, moving on. Because we, you know, it seems like we always have plenty of time, but then <laughs> as we get into it, it's like we only have so much time left. Um, Gary and William. Now, here's, here's a team that has some interesting patterns. Again, like Donald and Mike, Gary and William run on a very similar vibrational pattern. Uh, it's similar and it's different uh, with them. Uh, there's some foundation energy there that is very stabilizing. It's a very being able to bring things into the mainstream. It's very white picket fence, 2.5 kids, you know, average job, blue collar energy in a lot of ways. Um, this is actually two people as individuals that can relate to the average person. Um, when we look at their political history, you know, they have run on one ticket, but then had all the support of the other ticket. So, you know, we do have some balanced energy here, unlike any of the other options that we have open. Uh, Gary has some risky energy, though. He does operate on that assassination energy code. Uh, that is a life pattern for him. That is a birth pattern for him. Uh, he does operate uh, through that means. But we also have William who operates in a general energy pattern of being able to always receive help and always receive assistance. So he is really a person that people want to foster and to mentor and to see succeed. And that is a huge asset. You know, uh, when we look at the team, uh, Gary chose very, very wisely in bringing William on board as his vice president. Uh, you know, very, very on their own, but yet they still different things. What we also see with Gary is we also see that he is a natural success when it comes to uh, the, the military, the Navy, the leaders, um, you know, government undertakings. Uh, we see sudden advancement energy in his code. And yet at the same time, there will be those people who are jealous. He's going to threaten his enemies. And this is where we see it. Who are his enemies when we're talking about an election? We're talking about Donald Trump and we're talking about Hillary Clinton. And when you're talking about those are the enemies and the ways that you're rocking, <laughs> that's a pretty, you know, that's a pretty big arena. And so a big part of his energy is to shake up the parties. A big part of his energy is 
he actually has the codes to triumph over our traditional two-party system. And he can be a very big threat of them, but he also puts his own life on the line. So it's almost like a piece of his soul process is to come here and put his life on the line to get us out of this two-party system, to get us into another place. Um, As president, what we see, we see a variety of patterns that come into play. We definitely see um, some of the same patterns as as a Jammu uh, in the sense that we see a lot of charisma. We see uh, some money things. We do see that there could be some occult or type connections there. Um, but it's it's also, um, you know, here again, he doesn't run in the realms of the traditional parties. On a personal level, he won't do that as a president, and he actually represents danger to the elite. He is one that that really opens that energy pattern up. We see him as a person that... Uh, you know, they will want to try to break along the way. Uh, they will want to try to tear down in some ways because he does bring in this different energy. He does bring in, if we want to say, a higher vibrational energy. Uh, here again, his, his, you've got an, somebody who lived on a fascination pattern, and as president, he also connects with strange accident and fatality pattern. So he is one that could defeat the plans of the elite. He very strongly has the ability to do that. However, it's pretty much a suicidal mission for him. The chances of him remaining as president for very long is not that strong because of this energy pattern. What will offset some of that and help protect him somewhat is that in D.C., in the White House, he has immortal codes, and he has love, and he has peace energy patterns. So that tells me that he will be one of the most loved presidents by the staff and by the people in the White House that we have ever had. He is a person that, through living there, he will become uh, very much what Trudeau became for Canada. He will become beloved. He will become a beloved leader. And he is a person that among all the odd things that might happen, all the challenges that are thrown at him, if he is in the White House, he will be able to most likely work his way past them because of that that immortal coding will protect him. Uh, Having that as his address, having that as his place of residency will help him come through whatever gets thrown at his direction. So we have a beautiful energy flow coming from Gary and the way he connects and what will open is we will actually see more of his higher self and his soul self come out. So we have a choice to choose for soul in this election through this party. Now when we look at William and we look at William as the vice president um, we know he gets these, you know, insights. He brings in some of that loss of money energy. We see some isolation energy. I think he 
definitely will be the more subservient vice president. He will take the quieter seat in things. Uh, people will not be connecting with him the same way that they will be connecting with Gary. We do see that um, through this position, though, he, he has a pattern that shows being given dominion, which reinforces he very likely could take over as president. Um, we see some revolutionary energy. We see some upheaval energy, but we also see some great partnership energy. So here's an example where we have the revolutionary energy, but it combines in a different way, which means the revolution energy is going to strengthen us. It's going to be the conscious revolutionary. It's going to be that person who is not able to be bought. And that is the type of leader that we need in play. Um, he is the person that will develop strong partnerships and he has strong support from people. And this is incredibly important when we talk about world affairs and when we talk about global connections. So if he then steps into the presidency position, he will be able to command nations, and he will be very good on his own. He'll, he needs to make sure that he is operating based on his own decisions and not on others because he too is another one that could be ruined if he starts listening too much to other people. Now the good side is, is when he, if he was to make that shift from vice presidency to presidency, we would see him be able to stand more on his own. But he's got to be really, really careful about who he's surrounding himself with. Now, if he's taking the quieter seat, he's probably going to take a very strong observational position, and he'll know the right people to surround himself with. And because he does have strong partnership energy and strong support energy, um, some of that you know, influence from other people will not be as predominant for him. Now, when we take a look here and we look at Gary and William as a team, they are a team that are willing to take the sacrifices in things. They are a team that the elite is going to want to victimize. And that's going to pay for enough interesting news that they're willing to go through that in order to give people freedom. And they're willing to go through that in order for things to be corrected. They're willing to go through that so that people can have what this country was really founded on. And that says a lot right there. That says a lot. They're likely to be put through a lot, both of them, because they have this sort of suffering victim code that shows up as a team. So that tells me right off the bat they are the people who are the big threats. They are the people who can take hold and take this election. And they are the people that can shift the power of the elite and start to balance the scales. So they actually, ironically, even though they are two men, <laughs> they actually represent our feminine energy, which adds to their threat since this election really has a lot to do with the masculine versus the feminine energy pattern in there. So when we look at that, that's a, that's a huge piece. Now, one thing that Gary does bring is he does bring in the Capricorn energy, which has a lot of practical energy to it. 
And interestingly enough, his vice president choice here, William, brings in um, some other dynamics uh, into the game of things, and and that's very powerful. But balancing to some of that Capricorn energy there, so uh, you know he he brings in some some big pieces, some big pieces in there, and it's, they're definitely ones for us to keep our eyes on uh, in this election. Now, if we look at their energy on election day, Gary's energy on election day. Uh, he's got that strange accident fatality energy, kind of like Trump in that sense, right? We've got two places that is really dangerous um, on on election day with with candidates. But we also have power. We also have start of big successes for him. Uh, I think he's going to win no matter what the outcome is for him uh, on election day. I think he's going to come out ahead, and I think uh, I think it's the road to something very favorable for him. Uh, I also see that Election Day, he's completing a lot of energy, has a lot of completion energy going on. And when we see that pattern going on, that oftentimes can be the energy pattern that huge successes come out of. Uh, We saw Oprah start up a lot of her stuff under that completion energy. So that's the type of magnitude that we're talking about here. And then what we also see uh, on Election Day for his vice president, William, uh, we see him, again, receiving assistance from others. Lessons learned. He's operating with success and favorable future patterns, which really helps out uh, in the situation. And this is another strange scenario twist that we could see in the election where Hillary's been promised something. Donald Trump thinks he's going to upheave everything and get what he wants because he thinks he's going to have enough backing. And in reality, we could see the support end up coming through to Gary and William. Now, uh, you know, the, the challenging piece is, uh, you know, as we look at their energy as a team on election day, we find that they hold some of the greatest power. And on election day as a team, they carry the mental superiority. They carry the all-powerful energy. They carry the commanding nation's energy. And again, Kind of like Hillary, though, will they be wrecked by somebody else's stupidity? All depends on whether they listen to people or whether they make their own decisions in this process. So we have some huge upsets <laughs> that could definitely happen on this day. Now, if we do a summary rundown, and I'm going to try to do this quickly because we're down to the last few minutes of things. If we do a summary rundown uh, on everything, uh, what I see is the person that has the strongest code, or the people that have the strongest code as president. We find Jill coming out ahead as being able to do the best job. We see Hillary being victorious, but a lot of deception, a lot of issues there, and may or may not survive all the way through things. Uh, as far as being the strongest energy in the White House and in the Washington, D.C. area, we find that Gary will be the most loved most peaceful, his name will live on. He, no matter what happens to him, his name would live on. He would be long, long remembered as a very loved president. Um, Donald would be the next in line uh, just because of his moral energy that allows him to um, get other people to open up. And, And he too has that liking, not anywhere near the level that Gary has though. 
Gary has that White House connection that is very, very powerful. And we can expect that energy connection to be vibrating in there uh, as this election goes on. On election day, what do we find? We find Jill coming out with the strongest success and victory energy. We have Hillary coming in second uh, because of her promise of authority energy, but it's a very unfavorable personal day for her. So she's not going to have a good day. Even if she won the election, it's not going to be a good day for her. <laughs> we could even see health issues and other things come up. We could see collapses come up. On uh, We could see all kinds of crazy things come up. Uh, Gary uh, will be the next in line. We see him on election day having a lot of success energy, but we also see that strange accident energy there. And then we have Donald, which, again, kind of like Gary, he has the big advancement energy, but he's also got a lot of threats coming in that day. As vice president, we find that Mike uh, holds the strongest, Mike Pence holds the strongest energy as vice president. William comes in second uh, with that energy pattern. Um, uh, as a vice president going into the presidency, they're all about equal when it comes to that. Moving into the, any of our vice presidents going into a president position, they all can command things well, but they've got to make their own decisions or they will be wrecked by others. Um, as a vice president in D.C. or the White House, William will, again, uh, be the most loved. He'll bring in that love, that peaceful energy. He'll His name would, would live on. Uh, Mike carries the mole energy, same as Donald, so we see that same dynamic there. Uh, the strongest vice president on election day would be William. Uh, he, has, he has the strongest energy codes. The strongest uh, following him would be Mike uh, because he carries the sudden advancement codes. Uh, vice president and president as a team, uh, our strongest team uh, out of all of the candidates uh, we see Tim and Hillary running on an all-powerful pattern, but we see Donald and Mike uh, receiving a lot of assistance from others, and then we see Jill and Ajamu, uh, Ajamu uh, you know, getting a lot of uh, good things. Now, the strongest team on election day, what we find is we find Gary and William hold the strongest energy on election day. Uh, they are all-powerful energy that day, they can command energy nations that day. Um, we see Jill and Ajamu running with success and their will of fortune, so it could go any old direction with them. And then we see Hillary and Tim, uh, you know, running on similar energy to Gary and, and William. Um, but we also see a lot of loss and a lot of wrecked uh, energy there on things. Uh, so it's, it's very interesting when we look at everything all around, um, our all around strongest team and the strongest uh, election day energy goes to Gary and William. So this is really big. A libertarian party has the strongest energy codes running on that day. Um, this election is going to have all kinds of crazy things going on, all kinds of risk factors going on with it, all kinds of upsets going on with it. It is going to be one of the most dramatic elections that we have probably ever seen, probably have ever seen anywhere. So it's going to be interesting to see if Gary and William can pull this off. 
Uh, I've actually listened to some of their stances on stuff. They've got a lot of very sound principles going on. They're probably the only ones that are talking with any kind of sanity in this election whatsoever. Just to remind you, check it out. Look at where the codes are. The codes don't lie. And ultimately, you've got to make your decision. But don't let yourself into giving up your freedom strictly to vote by a party. Realize that you do have other choices out there. You do have other options at hand. There are other opportunities that can be looked at. And if we really want to bring in the balance of the masculine and the feminine energy uh, into this country, if we really want to bring some peace and some harmony into this country, our libertarian ticket is going to be the one that can do that. Um, it's not going to be our party. And it's time to say no to the party, in my opinion. It's time to say no. Enough is enough. And we're not going to fight this way and we're not going to act like little children, and we're not going to be bullies, and we're not going to separate. We're going to unite just as this country was founded on, and we're going to have freedom for the people that live in this country, and we're going to experience true freedom in this country. So check it out. Realize you have other options out there, and don't just blindly follow what you've been programmed to follow. Look at your other options and see what you really want to be a part of. What codes are you wanting to align to? Are you wanting to align to deception? Are you wanting to align to power? Are you wanting to align to love and peace? The choice is yours. Next week with me, I'm going to have Liz Tobin on, and she's going to be talking about relationship resonance. And as I mentioned, Liz will be my last guest on The Code Connection. I will still have two shows following that, uh, but she will be the last guest that I have on, and she'll be talking about how to develop a deeper connection with your partner and in keeping relationships going for a long time over the years. Don't forget, uh, you can look at all of my work, check out my books, Embraced by the Divine, the Women, the Emerging Women, Gateway to Power, Passion, and Purpose, which I am a collaborator on. Uh, you can check that out at embracedbythedivine.com. You can check out all of my work from my codes to my monthly video tips, archive shows, all of those great things through my website, CompassionCodes.com, as well as staying connected. There are things that I share on my social media pages, my Facebook pages, that don't get shared in the newsletters, uh, so you might want to connect there as well. And that would be Jesse on Nichols George, coding interpreter. Um, also, we've got several shows here on Main Street Universe. Tuesdays, we have Susan Wheat sharing her work in herbs and natural plants. Wednesday nights, we have Daniel and Janice running our flagship show. Janice does her own show from time to time called Reflections and Rhythms. Darren Bucher uh, calls in about once a month. He's calling in from Madame Laveau in New Orleans doing a show. Uh, we also have Kevin Baird that pops his head in. We have several others that are running periodic once-in-a-while shows. So all kinds of variety here on Main Street Universe. This is Jesse on Nichols George, and I'm so glad that you joined me here today and that you wanted to take the time to get aware for Election Day. Thank you to all of our listeners, not only on Blog Talk Radio, but those streaming live on Penn, known as Pair Encounters Network, StreamFinder, and Talk Stream Live, and those catching our podcast at iTunes, TuneIn.com, and those catching the YouTube version of our show. Don't forget that. If you have enjoyed the show today, share it with others. It's going to be available at the same link in 
in our archive, and I'm going to leave you with the song Yearning For, also known as Over and Over. It's by Shemshai. And um, definitely, again, you can connect up with Shemshai through their website, www.shemshai.com. That's S-H-I-M-S-H-A-I.com. Or you can also connect with them on Facebook as well. Take care, everybody, and I'll see you next week. Thank you. And if I could see what makes me blind, I would soar to the edge of my mind. And to touch what seems unreal, just to show you the way that I feel. And we are in time with time, one with season of change inside. We are in tune with the tune Caught in a balance of sun and moon Oh, deep inside The light within Shining to show you It's here to begin When all I have Is all I need I will Talk to the edge of eternity And we see in eye to eye One within love to be for the divine And we're walking hand in hand God in the balance of God and Change inside, and we are in tune.